Today we're going to continue on with the By Faith series, working through Hebrews 11, looking at the heroes of the faith. And what's different about today is that we're not actually looking at a person. Partway through the Heroes of the Faith chapter, the author summarizes where he's been so far. He's talked about Abel, he's talked about Enoch, talked about Noah, talked about Abraham, talked about Sarah, and he pauses to summarize uh, a fact that is true about everybody so far, and that's the fact that none of them saw the fulfillment of everything that they'd hoped for in their life. And so these are the words of God. I want to read to you this summary about halfway through the heroes of the faith from Hebrews 11. This is starting in verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. This is a crazy concept, thinking of dying in faith. Uh, death seems like the end, like the end of hope. Uh, your life is over. You're done. You're gone. You might have other people going on for you, after you, children, descendants, uh, people who work on the same project as you. They might live on, but they have their own hopes. They have their own promises from God. So it, you would think that death would be the end of your time of faith, but instead the Bible says that the heroes of the faith of old actually died in faith. All the promises that God had given to them, and particularly we're looking at Abraham here, and Abraham and Sarah, and they've had this huge promise that their descendants would be as innumerable as the sand on the seashore, and that they'd have, all the nations of the earth would be blessed through them. These humongous promises, well, they only saw the very beginning of it in their life. Sarah only lived to see her son Isaac born. And then she passed away before he married. And then Abraham, I think, got to see his grandchildren. So he got to see Jacob and Esau um, born and maybe connect with them for quite a while. But, you know, they didn't see much. And so the scripture says that they died in faith. They died looking forward to God fulfilling a promise that was not going to be fulfilled in their time. And the author of Hebrews wants to draw a few lessons from this kind of faith that they had. These were people who knew that God promised bigger than one lifetime could see accomplished. Okay, I want to repeat that. God promises bigger than one lifetime can see accomplished for people who will have faith in him. So what they did is they... um, One of the things that the author of Hebrews says about these kinds of people is that they acknowledge that... The earth for them is, they're strangers on the earth. They're, they're living in exile. This is an interesting concept. It's, it's, it's kind of like saying, you know, heaven is my home. I'm just passing by here. That's kind of the bumper sticker version. But there's something about faith that says that. There's something about faith that looks at our lives, our 70 or 80 years or 100 years, if we're, if we're really, really strong and really, really healthy, and says, this is not it. This is not it for me. This is not it for my life. This isn't it for God's ability. Uh, God is way bigger than even death. And so I'm going to live like I'm just traveling. I'm going to, I've got a future. I've got a home in heaven. I've got a home in the new heavens and the new earth that Jesus is going to recreate. I'm just passing through here. And this is kind of tough. 
Many of us want home so bad. We want to feel like we belong. We want to feel like we're someplace stable. We're someplace that isn't going to change. Um, for me personally, this has expressed itself in a couple of ways. I, I like buying books and I like to take care of books, even while I'm reading them, so that when I'm done reading a book, most people can't tell that I've been through it. You know, I don't open it up all the way. I don't crack the binding. I don't dog ear. I actually started doing stuff like dog earing pages just to kind of break this habit. And I realized what was going on was that I have this desire to experience permanency. I have this desire to experience goodness that does not change, that does not wear out, that does not break. And so I take care of books in such a way that it would just, I'm hoping this book will never wear out, never look worse, never look bad. And uh, of course, books do. They get that old book smell. They get dusty. They get musty over time unless you take really, really good care of them. Books just aren't designed to last forever and neither is a human life. But God, dealing with mortal humans like us, promises big things. He promises to use us in a way that can outlast our our mortal lives. And so in one sense, we need to look at ourselves and say, I'm not going to try to keep the book perfect. I want to be used. I want to be worn out. I want to uh, believe hugely in the promises of God way bigger than my life can contain. And so... um, Here's Abraham, here's Sarah, believing God, even as they face their old age and their their death, and they're passing on the promises to their descendants, saying, God is going to do amazing things through you because he gave me a promise that he hasn't seen fulfilled. And so you have to kind of see, see your life as temporary. You have to see yourself as an exile, as just passing through. We're not trying to set up permanent shop here. And we have to kind of disentangle our hearts from wanting heaven now. This is not heaven. This is just a temporary life. We are not going to have everything that's promised to us through the Lord Jesus Christ in this life. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have pain. We're going to have things breaking. We're going to have unfulfilled desires. And we need to live looking forward to God, using our lives to impact beyond the 80 years that we have on this world. We're looking for God to be so faithful to Jesus that how he uses us will impact generations and nations beyond what we could do with our one earthly life. And we're looking forward to the day when Jesus completes every good thing that all the promises that God has given to the saints are all yes and amen in the Lord Jesus Christ. He will fulfill it. He'll see it fulfilled. And so we're looking to see that fulfilled in an experience and an existence beyond this, this life. One of the things, though, that I find really interesting about how this passage ends is that the scriptures say about this kind of person who doesn't quit on God, doesn't go back, doesn't go try to go back to their old home, which isn't a home, but is willing to live as a sojourner in this life, in faith, in the promises of God that are bigger than 80 years. The scripture says, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. This is an amazing thing. For me in my life, one of the, 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 wounds and the controlling sins I've had in my life is a fear of shame, a fear of being publicly exposed as failing, a a fear of being publicly rejected by people or the Lord. And so here is this amazing promise where the author of Hebrews is telling us what God is like. God looks on people 
who believe in the promises of God so powerfully that they don't even think their own deaths can stop them from experiencing the fulfillment of God's promises. You know, God, even if I die, I will see you be faithful to your promises. That's their faith. The scripture says God is in no way ashamed to be called their God. When someone like that says, I'm a believer in Jesus, I worship the Father, God is proud to hear those words come out of their mouths because it's such a huge level of trust and faith. God loves it when we trust him, even when circumstances would say you should not trust in God. You're going to die. There's no way he can fulfill his promises. Things are too tough, too hard. You don't have enough resources. And when we say, wait, stop, God is bigger than all this. And I believe for him to fulfill these promises, even if it has to be fulfilled after I'm dead, God says, I love to be associated with you. I'm drawn to you. I want you to put my name on yourself. I want you to publicly say you're my servant because I'm in no way ashamed of you and I'm going to reward you by giving you a city, a permanent home with a permanent address where the books will never crinkle and the pages will never you know, get yellowed by the sun. You have before you an, uh, an internal existence where nothing breaks, where nothing gets corrupted, where everything is yours forever. You have a city promised by God where he is not ashamed of you. And no one's allowed to be ashamed of you because you have faith in the true and living God, just like the heroes of the faith who've gone before us. So this is my encouragement to me and to us. Let's look beyond circumstances. This whole chapter is about looking beyond circumstances, looking beyond opposition, looking beyond pain, looking beyond setbacks, looking beyond trouble, trusting that one way or another, God will be faithful to every single one of his promises to us in Christ Jesus. And when we lay hold of that faith and we fight off our doubt and we fight off our desire to be in control, the scripture says God's really proud of us. God is really proud of us. He is by no means ashamed of being associated with somebody who believes in his promises. And in fact, he's preparing for us the very best existence, which we will very soon be entering into forever and ever and ever. And amen and hallelujah and praise the Lord.